Welcome to episode 38 of the Computer Business Marketing Show. Today's show is brought to you by TechSite Builder. TechSite Builder is a hosted website builder that allows you to quickly and easily get a clean, professional, and effective website up and running for your IT business. Save time and frustration with TechSite Builder. Learn more at TechSiteBuilder.com. Today on the show, we have Paul Cortman of Connex Digital Marketing to talk to us about SEO, an SEO technique called skyscraper link building. What is it and how does it help you boost your website up the search results? Plus, we'll demystify some other SEO topics and get into an interesting sidebar about how Paul runs his business and travels the globe with his family all at the same time. All that and so much more coming up right now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Computer Business Marketing Show. If you own or work in an IT services business, this is the place to be to learn how to get more clients, keep them happy, and grow your revenue. You can watch, download, and or subscribe to all show episodes at computerbusinessmarketing.com. Also, make sure that you catch our live stream on Facebook every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern. To do that, just be sure to like the TechSite Builder Facebook page Click the following tab, and then in the drop-down menu there, select See First, so that anytime we go live, it'll pop to the top of your newsfeed, and you can uh, jump on the live show. We love when you jump on the live show because we love the interaction. Uh, we had some technical difficulties today, and it was great to get some feedback from, from uh, the folks who were watching live to help me figure out some of the audio issues that are going on. So appreciate that, guys. Uh, we got a great show for you. Today, we're going to talk about um, some some in, something interesting called skyscraper link building, uh, and that's an SEO technique that we're going to kind of dive into along with just kind of learning about link building in general um, in the SEO world. And in order to do that, I brought on Paul Cortman. Uh, he is going to be talking to us about that. Um, he owns a digital marketing marketing agency called Connex, and he's going to use uh, his twelve years of experience with that to help us. Uh, navigate the murky waters of SEO. So uh, thanks for being on the show today, Paul. How are you doing? I'm doing great. And thanks for having me. And uh, uh, just what what didn't get covered there in my bio, uh, if I could show my nerd credential card <laughs> and say that before I was one of those nasty marketing people, uh, I was a sysadmin for uh, 10 years. So um, yep. I I know what it's like to be, well, I was in a data center for quite a few of those years. And so uh, managing my my peeps, which were just the computers, just making sure <laughs> that they the servers are humming. So yes, it's a lonely uh, world I, in the uh, in the data center sometimes. Oh man, it, it was fun, uh, but uh, I'm I'm glad to to have surfaced out of there. Awesome. Well, we'll, we'll dig into that that and and a little bit of your background in a sec. Um, before we do that, though, so that's a little tease, guys. So stick around for the. Uh, the interview portion of the show. Um, but before we do that, I just want to kind of take care of a couple housekeeping things and, and let you know what's going on in the tech site builder world and the computer business marketing show world. Uh, so first of all, if you caught the episode last week, you know that the unconvention is a go for this year again. So this will be the third annual unconvention. Uh, this is one's going to be held in Chicago and it's going to happen in August. Uh, I believe it's the last weekend of August. So if you guys are interested in that, it is, um, if you guys don't know, the Unconvention is a, a conference meetup style, uh, small group convention that we hold for computer business owners. Uh, it's a great place to, to mix and mingle with other computer business owners and other computer business vendors. And we have everyone in the same room uh, just kind of talking about business and uh, we hold you know, workshops to help you work through specific uh, business issues that you're having. Uh, we have we normally have a couple of awesome speakers, and we do some hands-on labs so you can really get your hands dirty and learn how to do specific things around growing your computer business. And it's all happening this year in Chicago, August 24th through the 26th. Head on over to unconvention.io and put your name and email there so that you can get updated uh, when. We uh, start uh, selling tickets, and when we know what the venue is going to be, we still got some details to work out. 
but that's coming soon. So we look forward to hopefully seeing you guys at the unconvention in Chicago this year. Also, um, don't forget to sign up for the computer business marketing newsletter. Uh, that's been going really well. We've been doing that for the last few months now. And that is basically your weekly digest of marketing tips and tricks, uh, all focused around computer businesses. So there's, there's a few sections to the newsletter. There's, um, you know, you always get the updated podcast episode. You always get an updated version of my website Wednesday video series. And then you'll also get uh, updates on different articles from around the internet, from, uh, you know, marketing gurus and, and all those types of folks, uh, all um, uh, curated in the newsletter. And uh, I personally curate it and find only the best articles for uh, computer business owners that will help you guys. Um, so definitely check that out. Go to uh, computerbusinessmarketing.com. And right there at the top of the uh, website is a big old subscribe box. And you can subscribe there, and we'd, we'd love to have you on the newsletter. Finally, um, one last thing. I'm really excited. We got a new podcast review, uh, and this one comes from our friend, Dr. Dave. And he says in the review, uh, it's a five-star review, so I appreciate that, Dave. He says, unlike other podcasts for computer repair technicians, this one focuses on selling your services and growing your client base. Let's face it. You may be great with computers, but not so great at business. Learn the business stuff here. I've been a listener of Matthew Rodella since the Computer Business Podcast, but he focuses on the marketing and sales. If you're not growing, you're falling behind. The format here is Facebook Live Conversation with a Guest. I've been a guest before and enjoy sharing knowledge with my colleagues in the industry. He usually brings on subject matter experts, often from outside the computer repair industry. That gives listeners a fresh perspective, which, as a host, he tailors to his audience. I've worked with Matthew as a customer of TechSite Builder and a speaker at the Unconvention, and uh, he means it when he says, here's to your success. This podcast focuses on business aspects of what we do. If you're not a business owner or you're just a tech working for yourself, this podcast helps you become or stay a business owner. Awesome review, Dave. Uh, thanks so much for that. Uh, I love that you dig into, this is great for folks who might be discovering the podcast on in iTunes or something and not quite sure like what they have in store. This is a great kind of summary. <laughs> I couldn't have said it better myself, honestly. Um, so I appreciate that, Dave. Uh, and um, hey guys, if you listen to this on iTunes or uh, Stitcher or any of those types of you know, pod catchers or, or aggregators or whatever you call them, uh, leave us a review. Let us know what you think of the podcast. Um, it could be honest. It doesn't have to be good, but hopefully it's good. We, we strive to make a good show here and, uh, and we'd love to hear from you. Um, all right. Uh, really quick before we do the interview, just want to mention um, that TechSite Builder is a sponsor of this podcast and TechSite Builder is the service that you can go to to get a website up and running quickly and easily for your computer business. Uh, we take care of all, all of the backend stuff like hosting and security and speed uh, and updates. Uh, it's running on WordPress, but it's a very customized, easy to use version of WordPress. So we take care of all of that stuff and let you dig in and build your own website using the tools that we give you. Um, so you have complete control over your website. You can make it look however you want. You could add whatever content you want, or you can hire us and we have some extra add-on services where we can kind of build out the site for you. So whatever your budget, whatever your needs, uh, there's something uh, on Tech Site Builder for you. We also have a few SEO services, which uh, um, are going to kind of complement this interview because uh, we don't do any link building. We all do just on-site stuff. So we take care of your meta tags and we take care of writing good uh, content and interlinking your pages and stuff. But as far as the uh, the outside link building, that's stuff that uh, that we rely on you guys to do. And Paul's going to kind of help walk us through that in this episode. So I think that's a perfect segue. Um, just really quick, techsitebuilder.com if you want to check it out. Uh, we'd love to have you there. And let's uh, let's jump into the interview. So today I have uh, Paul Cortman. Um, Paul has, a combined, uh, has combined his 12 years of experience in information technology and digital marketing into his agency, which is called Connex Digital Marketing. And uh, since he started it, Paul has gone on to co-found three other companies and help countless businesses succeed through marketing and increased sales. And instead of um, kind of just reading through the bio, I'm going to kind of send this over to Paul and let him give us the uh, lowdown on how he got started and kind of his background. So welcome, Paul. Um, if you wouldn't mind, just kind of let us know, you know, all the, all the things you went through to get to the point where you are today. 
Well, I always wanted to be a business owner and uh, I um, went to school for a completely different thing and self-taught myself, uh, that sentence is kind of weird, but taught myself how to uh, do computers, essentially. I started in 94 um, building my first HTML site uh, for a client. and. Uh, what did you um, what uh, what's did you use any software or anything or is it just straight HTML? Oh come on man I did it in a Unix machine nice. so like we can we can like I've got <laughs> my my nerd cred out there Yes um but uh yeah so I'm a VI fan for all of you Emacs crazy weird people out there um I definitely go for VI and that editor uh and I still use it today because it's on a Mac and that's what I'm on but um the other thing, uh, yeah, so I started there. Um, so to say that I've been on the web since 94, uh, trying to help businesses be successful, uh, is, um, yeah, that's, that's the reality of it. The truth, uh, yeah. yeah, I've gone through, you know, different phases. Um, like I said, a few minutes ago, worked, uh, for a system, you know, worked as a uh, system engineer, essentially, uh, and was in a data center. And, um, but then, you know, was transition, different life opportunities brought me to a different place. And I was the IT guy at a marketing firm and, uh, we were hosting 200 websites. I was keeping 25 employees billable and managing help desks and all that jazz. And so, you know, it was working out pretty well. Um, it was actually the best job I've ever had in my life, but I opened my big fat mouth and told the web developers they were doing SEO wrong because I've taught myself a lot of things. I keep reading and keep educating myself. And, uh, and so the young punk that I was, I still like to think that I'm a young punk, but age is, uh, age is not lying to me. Um, and, uh, we, you know, they said, great, Paul, you seem to know a lot about SEO. Why don't you take on a client yourself? Uh, long story short, um, four years later, I found myself having built a digital marketing department within a marketing agency, uh, hired somebody to do the IT work, had three people working for me in the digital marketing space. And, uh, and then I stepped out on my own and said, you know, I had tried to do IT services on my own. Um, unlike you here who are successful, I was unable to successfully sell that service. Uh, and it, it was just more along the lines of I was tied to a desk from eight to five. And so couldn't, you know, couldn't service clients during the business day. A lot of and our that, listeners can can definitely relate to that for sure. Yeah. So getting that that started, um, you know, either either you have to lie to your current boss uh, and and work, you know, two jobs at the same time, or uh, you know, try to figure a creative way around that. But I couldn't. Instead, I um, you know built a marketing department and then decided, hey, why don't I do this on my own? Stepped out. And uh, yeah, it's been almost eight years now that I've been on my own and awesome. have a staff doing this. Very cool. Congrats. Um, so that kind of leads into my next question. Um, and, and we kind of talked about this before the show, but it looks like from the background, if you guys are watching this on video, that you're coming to us from, from an RV of sorts. Is that correct? Matthew, I take such insult in how you <laughs> look at my house. Um, <laughs> this is actually, you know, a, a 30,000 square foot house. No, it's a uh, 300 square foot motorhome. We live in an RV. Uh, we have a crazy life story um, after starting the business uh, and, and having some good success there. My wife and I just said to each other, you know, we don't want to live where we live. Mm. And uh, at the time we had four kids, we still have four kids. And uh, it was a, what, what do you do? You have four kids. You can't be a digital nomad. And uh, well, you know, anytime somebody tells me I can't do something, that's just an invitation for me to do it. And so for the last four years, uh, we've been homeless. Um, this is our home. It's on wheels and uh, we drive it around. Uh, spent the first year flying around the world and now living in an RV. I'm coming to you live from Mexico. So uh, yeah, these are the, the crazy times that we live in that, uh, especially you guys doing managed services, uh, I have a friend who also has kids who travels around the world, uh, who does managed services, and uh, he does it from his iPad. And so anywhere he is, he can, uh, you know, help his clients and, and work through troubleshooting. 
And um, so we were having coffee here in Mexico one day and he's like, hang on just a minute. I got to help a client and uh, took care of business and came back about 10 minutes later. And it's so cool. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah, man, that's awesome. So what are some of the cool places you've been uh, so far? Oh, uh, so many places. Um, some of my favorite places are, uh, I really enjoyed um, Chiang Mai, Thailand. Uh, it's a, it's a beautiful place. Um, pretty warm, but you know, not near the ocean. Uh, and, uh, but just like a lot of fun people there, a lot of cool places uh, to visit. And um, I also enjoyed uh, Ubud, um, Bali, Indonesia. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's a, if, if your wife or spouse or friend has watched uh, Eat, Pray, Love, I won't admit to watching it. I've never actually seen it, but, uh, or read the book or whatever, but it takes place, a third of it takes place in the city in uh, Indonesia, in uh, Bali, Indonesia. And it's, it's a magical place. Um, mm. But then right now where we're at is uh, San Miguel de Allende, Mexico. Um, and I believe that there are crystals buried under the ground here because I tell people, don't come here unless you want to fall in love with this place. And they're like, why? There's no beach. There's no ocean. There's no like, it's not a big city, you know, like, what is it? And they come and they spend a couple of weeks and then they fall in love and they're back here for months. Wow. You know, I got, I had a couple people already comment like, uh, you know, where are you located? And you just mentioned that. And then uh, Dave said, getting an RV and touring the U S is a dream of his. So it, nice. I, I think we can maybe like start a new podcast on, you know, there, I'll give the plug now because you already brought it up, but, uh, the RV entrepreneur is a friend of mine. <laughs> okay. Uh, there had so to, I knew there had to be already someone doing something like that. Yep. And then we run the podcast nomad together. So the RV entrepreneur is for, you know, business and living in an RV and nomad together is for doing crazy family adventures, uh, as a family. <laughs> awesome. Cool. I'll actually put those in the show notes. Cause that sounds awesome. Uh, what was it? Nomad together. Correct. And uh, what was the other one? RV, uh, the RV Entrepreneur. Awesome. Well, um, since this is not a travel show, let's, uh, let's get into the meat of what we want to talk about today, and that is uh, link building and SEO. So, um, you know, we have folks listening who have various backgrounds and various levels of knowledge on, on SEO in general. So I thought maybe we could start off by just kind of looking at the broad picture of SEO, and if you could kind of give us... Um, a feeling of how link building fits into the broad world of search engine optimization um, and just maybe a, a very brief, you know, um, kind of foundational, you know, explainer on what SEO is and, and how it works with your website. You tee me up so well, Matthew. Like I, I wish it feels like I wish more clients or potential clients would, would ask these sort of questions. Like, can you just, uh, there's a, there's a thread on Reddit or a subreddit called explain it to me like I'm five. And essentially that's, you know, explain it to me like I'm five, like, how does this work? And so, um, you know, back in the day, Google one search, uh, if you, if you recall before that people were using things like Dogpile and Alta Vista and, and, um, Yahoo, I don't know if anybody uses it anymore, but uh, anyways, we um, Google came out with this algorithm that beat everybody else. Everybody else was basically saying, uh, you know, like w- we're just trying to figure out who's popular, sort of thing, and and people were actually paying to rank well and that's sort of, and whatnot. And when Google came along, they basically said, let's look at. Um, kind of like you would look at the back of uh, a book where it, or the back of a paper where it has a bibliography and it says who it's sourced or who it's cited and, uh, and then say, okay, well, whoever's getting sourced the most is the most popular or the best or the, the resource you want. And so um, the founders of Google actually took that thinking and applied that to the web and said, okay, so if we look at backlinks, if we crawl the web and say, let's find sites that are popular, that have a lot of links to them and, uh, and then rank those because they're important. Um, and that, so that's the, the root of how Google started, how it was better or special than everybody else. Um, fast forward to today, uh, there's, 
over 200 factors in the, in the algorithm. And so like, it's not as simple as it used to be. Uh, and a lot of this has come up because people always try to cheat the system. Uh, whenever there's an algorithm that uh, if you win, if you beat it, if you cheat it or whatever, if you beat the algorithm, you're going to make more money. Um, there's a lot of, a lot of money at stake. And so uh, people do what they can to beat the system. Uh, you can think of Vegas and trying to you know, win against the house. And it's like, well, there's a lot at stake there and there's an algorithm at play. If you can learn the algorithm, you could win. Um, I can't learn the Vegas algorithm, but I've learned the Google <laughs> algorithm. And so um, we, uh, we look at those 200 ranking factors or those 200 factors and we say, let's put them into buckets because it's a whole lot easier if we can just kind of chunk them into categories as to what, what they fall into um, and, and help us understand it. And so there's basically three buckets. Um, three is a whole lot easier to understand than 200 uh, the, or to remember. And the first one is like your code and structure. So how well your site is built. Uh, Matthew was talking about that. They have some, some add-on features um, over at his business that I can't remember, Tech Shop. Tech, tech Site Builder. Tech site builder. There we go. Um, and that they they offer those things to help with the code and and structure of your website. That's one bucket. The next bucket is content. Are you actually using the? Are you are you publishing content? But are you using the words that people are talking about? Are you answering their questions, or are you just a brochure? So that's you know a second bucket. And the third bucket is, um, I you know links is essentially what I put under that. Uh, social media for a while there had a big role. Uh, it doesn't have as big of a role anymore, and we can get into that. But that third bucket is links, uh, and it, you know it basically is saying, how do you define yourself as an authoritative site, or how can Google determine whether or not you're an authoritative site? So those are your three buckets. Um, if you you know just to restate them again, you've got your um, your code and structure. Uh, to make sure that Google can actually see your content and can index your site and that users can have a good user experience there. You've got your content. Does it actually answer the user's questions? Is it talking about what they want to know about? And then your third thing is your relevancy or authority. Are people linking to you and saying, hey, this site, they know what they're talking about? Great. So so um, I would you know venture to say that it's important that People are thinking about all three of those things and making sure that they're, you know, good in all three of those things. And we've we've talked a lot about content on the show. We've we've talked, you know, with Tech Site Builder a lot about the structure and the uh, and you know making sure the site is set up properly. Um, but the the link building portion is something that we haven't talked a lot about, um, and that's something that's sometimes hard to figure out because basically you're saying that. You need to get links from other websites to point at your website. And um, in my mind, there's two ways to do that. There's going out and, and creating your own content on other websites and then creating your own link to point back to yours uh, or um, getting someone to link to you. Uh, and then the question is, like, who do you get to link to you and, and where do you spend your time? So I, I thought maybe a good way to approach this is um, a lot of folks uh, who are listening probably haven't done much link building. So say you're, you know, you're just getting started. Maybe you have a new website that you just built recently and there's n nobody knows about it. So there's no links to it. What are some of the things we want to think about to, to first kind of approach link building for, for a new website? Well, a lot of people who are really nerdy in the SEO world may disagree with me on a lot of these statements that I make, like even those three buckets, they're like, Oh, but what about this? And what about that? And it's like, you know, I'm trying to keep it as simple as possible because you know, if it's not simple, you're not going to do it. And then this whole podcast and your time has been wasted. So I want to keep it as simple and straightforward as possible. Um, and so if you're an SEO nerd, uh, feel free to chat with me offline or we'll have a different <laughs> about that. Right. But, uh, you know, for those of you who are trying to figure out, okay, so I'm building a business, I've got my website up, uh, and nobody knows about it. How do I get links? Um, that is, it's, it's actually not that hard when you're starting like that. It's the hard part is, um, is, is it's a mental game. 
is to, to think through who can I get to link to me and that sort of thing. But if we take a step back and say, well, wait a minute, why would someone link to me? And that's, if you can answer the why, then the who comes in really easily. So for example, um, if, if, it's, if it's just a brochureware website, so let me explain brochureware. Uh, if you remember back in the day, we used to have brochures that would say what we do, what we did, uh, who we are, you know, that sort of thing. And that like, here's our office hours, here's how to contact us, you know, like it's a brochure. And if that's what your website is, why would anybody link to that? And if you ask yourself and you do some deep soul searching, hopefully you don't have to go that deep to realize the answer is they wouldn't like, it's just a brochure. Like it's not interesting. It's not, it's not worth somebody's time. Now, if you could take a step back and say, well, what if I wrote an article about, <laughs> here's one from today, how, how to troubleshoot audacity audio drivers on <laughs> windows 10. And it's like, okay, please somebody write an article about that. <laughs> <laughs> Not that anybody help here me. on this call needs help with that, but uh, you know, like if you provided that great content and then said, Hey, here's an article. Now maybe that's a little bit too in the weeds, but what if we did something that's a little bit more um, focused, like how to harden your, your windows 10 machine, uh, how to, um, you know, uh, how to, how to, here's one from my issue. When you have four mobile devices in a family, how do you do mobile device management? You know, stuff like this. Um, this is valuable content that people read and they want to know the answers. They want to know this content. Um, and you have that knowledge. So if you can provide that to them, if you can give that to them, and then that answers the why. Why would anybody link to this? Well, because it's incredible content. And that's where we always approach it, is that we use those two buckets together at the same time. As we say, you can write incredible content, and if you don't ask for links, no one's going to link to it. No one's going to know it exists. Uh, you know, if a tree falls in the forest and no one's around to hear it, doesn't make any sound. If you write incredible content and nobody knows it exists, will you get any links? The answer is no. Mm -hmm. um, but if you produce incredible content, and then you go out to and ask somebody, hey, check this article out, check out my video, check out my podcast. Uh, this, I believe, would really help you or your audience. And so I really want you to link to this or share it or whatever the case might be. And that's how, I mean, that's really simplified, but right. that's the magic sauce of link building. Right. So let's, let's, let's kind of try to put this in a practical example. So say we have, you know, a computer repair shop, they um, they just redesigned their website. Maybe they rebranded and got a new name. So basically they're starting from scratch with their website. They got a nice new fancy website and they write this awesome blog article about a very timely topic. They spend a lot of time on it. Um, uh, but you know, they, they don't know who to, who would, who would link to it. Like who, you know, they, they could try to tell their customers about it, but their customers really aren't going to link to it. They might like it and they might appreciate it. Um, but they're not, they, they probably don't own a website that they would link back to our content in, on how, how could we find like places that would want to create a link on a nice, their nice website back to our website. So on one hand, um, you know, bloggers are a great target. They're easy people to reach out to and they're always looking for new content. They're always trying to generate new content. They're always, they're looking for, you know, Vassar. So if you say, hey, you know, there's a couple of different ways. Google actually looks down upon guest posting now. And so if you write an incredible content on your website and then go guest post on somebody else's website and link back to it, um, eh, Google kind of says guest posting is cheating the system. Uh, and so we try not to do that. Instead, what we try to do is we say, well, let's find, and this is where Skyscraper comes in. And Skyscraper, if you do a search for Skyscraper SEO, you'll find uh, Brian Dean from Backlinko He's the master who taught this, who first came up with this and coined this phrase. Uh, and my company, all we do is we just do it at a systems level. So we do it, you know, for 50 people at one time. And so we're just constantly doing it. We've got it really dialed in. So I'm not teaching anything that's unheard of in the space. Lots of people have done this. But the skyscraper method is where it comes in to actually answer, to help with that issue that you were talking about 
of, well, who do we reach out to? So first we start with the research before you even write the article. Like I was trying to come up with something off the cuff, you know, like, you know, audacity drivers or, you know, whatever the case might be. But what if you did a search for something and found an article that wasn't that good, but that people are linking to? Or what if it's a forum that a bunch of people are, you know, have been asking questions and now people are referring to that forum and you've got to dive through three pages of crazy nitpicking people fighting in the forum to try and come up with what is the real answer to this difficult problem. Well, what we did is we said, let's find those articles. Let's find those places where people are already linking to it and showing us that it has value. But yet at the same time, it's like, you know, it's, it's just a poor article or a poor uh, resource. And so what if you wrote the ultimate guide or the ultimate resource for that? And then you went to those people who are linking to that other one, that previous one and said, listen, I see you're linking to this. Um, I wrote something. It's better. It serves your users better. Uh, I would appreciate it if you updated your link or changed your link or added a link to my resource uh, so that it can serve your audience better. And so you know, in general, that's what we do. And I've found, I mean, we do, they, do they typically agree to do that? Or is it kind of a 50 50 shot? Or how do you? Uh, we, we have, we send, we're part of the spam problem. So while Google uh, is okay with us, uh, Gmail is not. Uh, and so <laughs> we're constantly fighting. Yeah. Um, fighting with the spam filter to make sure that we get into inboxes. But uh, so our response rates are kind of low on one hand, um, but our win rates are not that low. So uh, industry standards win rates is between one and 2%. We usually look around 5%. So for every, every hundred people that you ask, you can get five links. Um, so yeah, well, I can't ask a hundred people and it's like, yeah, well you're at zero Um, and so if you ask 10 people, you know, you'll get maybe half a link, you know, if you ask 20 people, you'll get a link. So, you know, those are the sort of stats that we come up with. And if you do it at a more personal level, um, you know, if you do, instead of like in our case, we send out thousands of emails a day. If you were to send out five emails today, uh, and asking for a link, they're going to be super customized, super personal and your response rates are going to be through the roof, uh, and, and your win rates are going to be high. And so the biggest thing is, I don't know, like, I know that Matthew, you talk a lot and help your audience a lot on sales, um, and getting new business. And while link building and SEO, the goal is for you to get new business because people are going to be doing searches for the solutions that you provide and you want to be able to show up in Google. So if they search, you know, Newark um, IT help desk, you know, like, okay, uh, your audience in New York, Newark better, you know, better show up in the search results. So how do we do that? Well, we get these links. Well, the funny part is even asking for the links takes a bit of sales tactic because if you don't ask for it, you're not going to get it. If you don't ask for a customer, if you don't ask for a referral, if you don't ask for a backlink, you're not going to get it because I'm not, gonna, I'm not going out there. I manage half a dozen websites. I'm not going out there looking for places to link to. But if somebody were to come to me and say, I see that you link to this resource, it's not as good as this other resource, I'll actually consider that and actually update my link because, well, you're right, that is a better resource for my audience. Right. Yeah, and you know that with that kind of mindset, it, it helps you cr- craft your content and maybe when you're crafting your content, you can think about, you know, how what kind of content can I write that might have a better chance of of being a good resource for the type of places I want links from. I'm I'm thinking as examples like maybe writing specific IT articles about um, uh, specific industry niches, like for example, you know, IT security for lawyers, or you know, HIPAA compliance for orthodontists, or um, these very specific things where then you can go to like orthodontist forums or you can go to lawyer, you know, whatever directories or forums or websites and see the resources that they're linking to there. Um, and that's better than just kind of creating a broad, you know, uh, 
general security article because then you're you're up against you know the Brian Krebs of the world and and the and the you know the big security gurus who are probably writing awesome content to begin with. So if you can kind of focus it either on an industry niche or maybe even like uh, area, like you know for example how people in you know um, in uh, New York or New uh, that's too big a place, but like you know in in my town, any town USA, how people in any town USA can. Um, get the best broadband speeds or something like that, you know, make it very hyper local. And then, you know, you could pitch it to the local news or you can, um, you know, try to link to the the local broadband company that you say is the best in your area. You could see if they want to link to it or, you know, so just, just thinking that it, it is a very manual effort to go out and contact places and say, Hey, I have this great resource gets you, you know, thinking about the kinds of content you could create to, to facilitate that better. Is that, is that kind of, Am I on the right track That's for that? Exactly. It. It's it comes down to thinking <laughs> thinking backwards to think forwards. Right. Of mm. how am I going to make the ask, develop the pitch first to make the ask and then go back and write the article. Um that's that's one of the ways that we find that things are, you know, the most successful. And I also want to explain shoulder content a bit. So okay. a lot of the examples that you and I both have been giving have been um more head content. It's like, it's the focus of your business, the focus of your industry, um, the focus of your clients, uh, who you're trying to attract. And that's all great and good, but realize that the people who are using you, who are reading you, um, who are, you know, subscribed to you, they're humans and they deal with much, much the same thing as what you deal with in everyday life. And you, while you're reading a bunch of nerdy articles, I'm sure you also read some non-nerdy articles. And so maybe there's something else out there um, that's what we call shoulder content that's just a little bit more uh, helpful and and kind of aside. So for example, Zapier is one of the um, examples I love using for this. Yeah. I don't know if you're familiar with this website. I love it. Uh, yeah, it's, I'm a huge Zapier fanboy for the functionality of what it does. Um, but their content system is fantastic because they will write content that doesn't say, you know, how to optimize this or how to connect Zapier in this way or how to be faster that way. Like some of their content is just, uh, we reviewed the, the 10 uh, most used um, invoicing systems. And it's like, well, okay, that's super helpful for me. They don't talk about whether or not, I mean, they do mention, hey, this integrates with Zapier or this doesn't. Right. But for the most part, 90% of that content has nothing to do with Zapier and it has everything to do with helping me choose which invoicing system I want to use if I'm in the, in the market to switch. And so if you think of that and you say, okay, so for orthodontists, uh, what is it that they might care about? Well, okay, there's a new mall going in in town. Um, what is that going to do to rental square foot rental prices? Uh, you know, what if there's a, a, you know, a best practices when choosing to relocate your, your, your orthodontic practice, mm. uh, you know, how to, how to help your clients know where your new office location is, you know, something like that. Yeah. Like that's incredible content that you just helped all of your orthodontic clients. Um, and you're not talking it stuff, but you're just being really, really helpful. Uh, so those are the things that uh, we find are actually more successful because you can write your nerdy content, you can write your head content and, and rank in Google for how to fix Audacity or whatever. But to get the links, you're probably going to have to write content that's really applicable to the people you're going to reach out to. One of the things that keeps coming to mind is um, a lot of your audience, I would assume, are hyper ge geographic focused. So not just a city, not just a metropolitan area, but an actual neighborhood, a community inside a metropolitan area. Or maybe I come from the Midwest. So I come from West Michigan. Uh, Grand Rapids is, is where I come from. And that, you know, there's in the greater metropolitan area, there's probably 1.5 million people. And so they, you know, a friend of mine manages an IT service company there. And you know, his whole audience is Grand Rapids. Um, and so, you know, one of the things he does or could do, I don't know that he does this. Maybe I should tell him to listen to this and, <laughs> uh, and go from there. But 
some of the content he could produce would be, um, you know, the 10 things that you need to do this summer uh, because they're going away in Grand Rapids or something like that. Like not just, you know, the things you would find on TripAdvisor, but like something that's really pertinent to your community, Um, you know, either new buildings that are going up or things that are changing that people don't want to miss. And that plays, that plays, you know, two ways, because not only will it be more likely to be linked to, but it also establishes you as like a community leader and figure and you know the community and so people should trust you and, and, and it, it kind of is a win-win to, to write content like about your local area or, it, it, yeah, I, I agree. I think you should sprinkle in some, you know, blog posts and stuff that are not necessarily tech focused. Um, and, uh, and that, that would be great. So another question I had was, does it matter where these links are coming from? So um, should, should we care if we get a link from, you know, say we, we do it for orthodontist, should we care if, are links coming from an orthodontics forum or whether it's coming from uh, the local news channel or whether it's coming from Joe Schmo's chicken shack website or, you know, does the link matter or is it just, we just want to get links from wherever we can get them. Again, people are going to disagree with me left, right and center. Every SEO has his own opinion, Uh, search engine opinion. People uh, (laughs) is what SEO should stand for. But, um, and that's basically because we don't know the algorithm. We've run tests. We've, you know, tried to work our way into knowing what works the best. Uh, and um, I'm making a huge assumption here that the people who are listening, who are taking our advice here are um, starting, that they're not SEO pros. And uh, in that case, I can't say no link is a bad link, but I can say every link that you, that you manually sought out and acquired by asking is not going to be a bad link. Now, if you go to Fiverr and you buy a hundred thousand links for five bucks, yeah. yeah, every single one of those is going to be a bad link. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you get involved in a shady practice, yeah, every one of those is going to be a bad link. So, what, but, what does that mean when you say a bad link? Like, what what makes a link a bad link in so the eyes of Google, at least? Yeah, in the eyes of Google, uh, Google, the big G, the God, <laughs> uh, if you will, the you know we all hail God, Google. Yeah. Um, what we try to do is, well, Google is, is trying to stay ahead of the game and make sure that people aren't gaming the system. And so when something happens and Google catches wind of it, they're kind of like, oh, well, that's gaming the system. We can put an algorithm in to detect that and say that's bad. So for example, hey, backlinks are important. Well, you can go and give me money and I'll link to you. Um, Suddenly I'm, you know, building websites just to provide links to people. Google detects that and says, well, that's not actually, that's cheating the system. It's not providing value. Um, You're, and part of that is they look at the quality of the content that it's linking to and it ends up linking to brochureware. And you're like, well, wait a minute, that's not really valuable content. There's no logical reason that someone would link to that. And so Google is constantly building algorithms to determine uh, the quality of these links. And so, um, you know, some people will say like, there's a debate between do follow and no follow. Um, and, and I say, don't worry about that. Like yep. get the link, right? That's stuff for the, uh, for the SEO people to worry about, <laughs> you know, um, if, if you have that, that you're worrying about, come hire me and we'll help you get the best of the best. But right. you know, there, there are things like if you can, if you can get a link from a .edu, they carry more weight. If you can link, get a link from a .gov uh, government website, they carry more, more weight. Uh, if you can get a link from a website that ranks really well, um, they carry more weight. So those sorts of things, I mean, basically, it's a popularity contest. And so, yep. um, you know, yes, and some people will say it has to be only from, you know, my, you know, niche or my target uh, that I can get links from. So we were talking, you know, IT services or orthodontics. Like those are the only two fields that I can get something from. If Joe's Crab Shack links to me, uh, that's going to be bad. It's technically not bad to get out of context or out of your niche links. It just means that you're providing valuable content that's applicable across the board. That's actually a positive signal to Google. Um, now, if you're going to, you know, if you're getting links from the sketchy part of the internet, uh, then, you know, that does send bad signals. But if it's just 
a regular mom and pop website that you're getting a link from or a regular blogger website, uh, that is not, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's easy to go down the rabbit hole of the, the SEO techniques of, of, you know, domain authority and, and, you know, um, go using all the tools that are out there to try to figure out where to get links from. But at the end of the day, uh, especially for computer businesses, because we're not like national brands, um, we don't need these huge SEO campaigns with, with all of this, these tactics. We really just need, you know, some links from local places and some, some key places and, and just, and that, that's kind of what I, what my philosophy is around SEO when I teach it to, or when I talk about it to computer business owners is, you know, understand the fundamentals of SEO, but then don't, don't worry about making your webs, you know, doing all these SEO techniques, just have a great website, create great content, make connections with your clients and local businesses in your area. And the SEO will kind of work itself out, you know, by people linking to you, uh, by the content to, being great. I have to jump in there and say, it's really close, but you're missing one thing. Sure. When you say the SEO will work itself out, it's like, eh, no, <laughs> yeah. create that really yeah. great content, you know, do the basics, make sure you have a, a, a reasonably built website that loads fast, that people enjoy, that has a good design to it. Uh, and then create really incredible content, but then make the ask because yeah, people take that won't extra step yeah. unless you take that extra step and gotcha. make the ask and say, where can I go? Can I get my chamber of commerce to link to me? Why and how? Um, oh, and by the way, being a guest on a podcast, oh, gee, Matthew's <laughs> going to link to me yep. because I'm providing good, valuable content. So there's, there's lots of different ways in which you can do this. Um, but yes, make that ask. And that's when you start to see the SEO magic happen. It's beautiful. I love it. You're right. It's not going to, it's not going to happen on its own. <laughs> you, you do have to put, put forward some of that effort. Great. So we're kind of getting towards the ends of our time here. Um, Grant asked a question in the chat. He said, uh, are Google results location based in any way nowadays? So, so oh. what, what is, how does location play a part and how can we, um, make sure that our SEO is focused on our local area. Yeah, Google results are extremely location-based. Uh, I can't tell you how important that <laughs> is. Um, you know, I have some really great examples. I was visiting family in Michigan over the Christmas and uh, and did a Google search, and then I came back to Mexico, did the Google the same Google search on the same computer from the same user, got completely different results. And I realized that, yeah, even Google is contributing to the fact of the U.S. doesn't really understand Mexico because it's only U.S. results when you do a search for a specific Mexican thing in the U.S. versus when you do a search here in Mexico. So that's one. And that's, you know, at national level, but uh, definitely, you know, you can do a search for a specific thing and, or a specific service provider and it will show local results. So yes, 100%. Uh, it is all of Google searches are location dependent. Um, they're taking that in as a factor. Now, if you're searching for, you know, like uh, whatever, we won't get into too many examples, but, you know, Google tries to say, hey, you're looking for local things. And so I want to provide uh, local businesses and local services as much as possible. But all that comes down to if you don't have any links and something that's not local has, a thousand links and you both answer the same question and all of the things being equal, they're going to rank higher because Google says, well, you're not that important. Um, they does, do does give it, value to it, lo local businesses, but not, so you can compete with, if you have a hundred links and your competitor who's not local has a thousand, you can still compete on local searches mm, uh, and you can do really well. Um, now, does it, does it help to get links from, from local places or does that where links are coming from not matter in that? It, it all matters. And, um, you know, when Just you get to what down degree to does it, it matter? <laughs> right. Um, the way I look at it is every link is a good link. And if you get local links, that's great. But generally speaking, you're going to be talking about your local community. Uh, you're going to be creating incredible content for your local community and Google will get the picture of where it is that you service. Um, and so in that sense, like, don't worry too much about it. Get the links. Right. Okay, cool. Fair enough. Well, you answered a, lo a lot of questions I, I had personally, and, and hopefully this uh, helped some folks that are out there. Gavin 
says, great tips. Thanks, guys. Um, uh, Grant mentioned that uh, um, five times the success is a win itself. And I think he was talking about when you were talking about, um, uh, you know, doing oh. your, your outreach um, yep. folks. So cool, guys. Well, I appreciate uh, the, the feedback in the, the live show. And hey, Grant, great, great info. I mean, we can go on for hours about this stuff. Um, there, there's so much to dig into, but I think we covered the basics very well. Um, I think a big win for everyone is just, you know, to think about going out, trying to get links, trying to approach places and, and you know, ask for the link and say, hey, I have this great resource. Look for places that might have resources that aren't as good as yours and see if you can do the, the switcheroo <laughs> that you were talking about. Yeah. Um, so a lot of good stuff. Uh, thanks, man. If, if folks wanted to reach out to you or uh, find out what you're up to, what's the best place they can go to find out more? Oh, I'm all over the place. Uh, my favorite social channel is Twitter, and you can find me there. It's my last name spelled backwards, so it's Namtrok, N-A-M-T-R-O-K, uh, nice. because I do some nerdy credentials still. Um, but then uh, Connects Digital Marketing, so that's C-O-N-N-E-X, the word digitalmarketing.com is our website. And obviously, my email address is Paul at Connects Digital Marketing, and we'd be happy to help you. Um, really, honestly, like I want to help you guys succeed. So you know, feel free to shoot me any questions uh, after the show, and I'd be happy to uh, give you some tips and advice uh, more practical or specific to your business. And check out Nomad Together. That You do that podcast, right? Is that, yes, is I that do that with my wife. So you get to hear my out. better half there. Dave, check that out because you said you're interested in this. So um you know, start planning now. <laughs> uh, awesome, man. This, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, thanks for being a guest and, um, and we'll, we'll have to have you back. Cause like I said, there's so much more to, to go over. Happy to be back and happy to be here. Thanks, Matthew. All right, guys. Well, let's keep the conversation going. Uh, head on over to computerbusinessmarketing.com and let us know what you think in the comments section below the show notes. Uh, don't forget you can join us in the Facebook group. Uh, just search for computer business marketing in Facebook, uh, in Facebook, or you can go to techsitebuilder.com slash group, and then it'll take you straight to the Facebook group. It's the computer business marketing group. We talk about lots of tips and tricks. Every now and then we'll, we'll have some SEO stuff that, that, that pops up, but lots of other stuff as well. Also, if you listen to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher, be sure to give us a shout out and leave a review because every review does help us get found in those places. And, uh, and then the more people find us, the more cool guests we can have and the more we can help you guys. Finally, don't forget to check out our sponsor, Tech Site Builder, and uh, check out Unconvention at unconvention.io. And again, as always, thanks for checking out the Computer Business Marketing Show. My name is Matthew Rodella saying, here's to your success. Computer Business Marketing.